0: Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-hosts, Evan Fagundis. Hello. And J.T. Chipman. Hey, everyone. And this week, we have been chosen by Evan to go on a journey through one of his favorite movies. Or one of his favorite, what he thinks is the most unappreciated movie. And that would be 2001's A Knight's Tale, starring none other than... Evan
1: Heath Ledger
0: the man the myth Heath Ledger but before we get into that how are we doing as always this is our first podcast post trade deadline and I know there's like two of our listeners that actually care about our baseball takes (laughs) so uh so yeah Evan how are you feeling I mean you, you know Giants made
1: made a really nice move gotta be feeling good yeah there's a lot there's a lot going right right now i I mean i'm really excited about the giants of course obviously the reason that we're even doing this episode um about this movie is because the giants are playing well and they added one of the best uh third baseman in baseball well utility guys i guess at this point in baseball um so i'm (laughs) really excited about that yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um and then i am just really excited to talk about this movie i I love returning to this movie. We can talk about it a little bit more. It's probably one of the movies I've seen the most in my life. And I'm just really excited to hear what you guys think because most of the conversations that I've had about this movie have been with my family because we used to watch it all the time. So I, I'm interested to get an outside perspective. But uh, I, I'm feeling great, really excited. What about you, Chip?
2: Evan's doing better than me when it comes to uh, my, my sports teams. And the trade deadline. I mean, it is cool that Evan has the best record with his team at the All-Star break and then goes and gets exponentially better than either one of our teams. So a little bit tough. Um, a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Oh, so you, you don't like you, – you're going to fight back on me, Jed. You don't think the mean, Giants are exponentially better than the A's? I don't think so. I think they're playing exponentially
0: better, but I don't think they're an exponentially better roster. But did they did make an exponentially better move at the trade deadline. I will give, I will give it that. Exponentially,
2: exponentially. (laughs) Love Starling Marte. Love what he he brings to the the clubhouse. Um, But I'm doing good. Yeah. You know, I'm happy that
0: you're doing well. And I don't need to talk about about the Oakland Athletics uh, at this moment in time. Because I'm doing great. Because I went to a freaking movie theater for the first time in over 18 months last week. And I saw The Green Knight. And I'm so excited for you guys to see it so we can talk about it. Because that movie... It's fucking sick. And listeners, if you like The Green Knight, if you want to talk about The Green Knight, hit me up on Twitter, because I am excited to chat about it, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, and there's nothing that gets me more excited about movies than actually going to the movie theater uh, and then getting to sit down and watch A Knight's Tale, which is, I would say objectively, this is a classic popcorn movie theater movie. Like, you, you want to get an XL tub of butter popcorn sit down, turn off all the lights, and just have a good time watching this movie, um, which is exactly what I did. Uh, like I said, this movie came out in 2001. Uh, it is directed and written by Brian Hedgeland, uh, and starring Heath Ledger, Mark Ady, uh, Rufus Sewell, as a host of many others. Um, Evan, I think I want to, you touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, about, you've seen this movie mm-hmm. a lot, this is a movie that's very important to you, but... You know, why did you specifically choose this movie? Because I think, you know, Chip and I both thought we were in for the lobster, for sure.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, first of all, I wanted to choose a movie that was going to be really fun to talk about. like And fun with a capital F, not just like fun to debate or something like that. A movie that's just genuinely, there are things that everyone can take from it that they can enjoy I guess is kind of what I was going for I also just really wanted to watch this movie again I've been thinking about it a little bit because I have gone I know I talked about it a little bit on the Harry Potter episode but I've been kind of making it a goal to go back and revisit some of the things I loved as like a kid and see how I think about them now so this has been at the top of my mind um and Mm -hmm. you know finally, I just wanted to talk about this movie in general because I've been waiting almost my entire life to have, like, conversations about A Knight's Tale just because it was always one of those movies that I watched all the time that I just didn't really hear other people talk about very often. Um, So, yeah, I was Uh just like, gosh, I would really love to hear what you guys think of one of my favorite movies.
0: Yeah, I actually... I would love to to start there, Chip. I wanna we're not going to give like overall grade or anything, but let's give some first impressions of this movie because my first impression of this movie is just like like he, Evan said, it is just fun with a capital F. Guess what? We show up and we're in medieval times and they're playing "We Will Rock You" and the crowd's getting amped. It is just it's like one of those movies that it feels so of the time it came out. Like this feels so early two thousands to me. Just like this, like this style, the choices that are made. But I love it. It's so nostalgic, um, and yeah, I just have. It was just a ton of fun uh, to do this. But there's, there's depth. There's levels to this movie. It isn't just like a two-hour, you know, kind of jaunt um, and having fun with these characters. Like there's some, you know, some serious topics, and
2: I and I, I like that about it. I think it contains multitudes, right? It's it's a love story. It's a comedy. It's got a lot of high and low humor with like british literature and different references and obviously like jeffrey chaucer being being a real poet and a real character in english literature um, and then you also have the boys are back in town playing <laughs> when the boys go back to the fucking town so <laughs> it, it really hits you and engages you on a lot of different levels you know um it's i think it's a very it's a very loud movie and i think like the the specific kind of loud that I think of it's a very thunderous movie. I think from the way that the sound is mixed when there's horse hooves just like pounding down the jousting line heading towards each other, the sound of a lance echoing off of some armor, combine that with the thunderous music, the jock rock music, the performances I think are very thunderous. I think Heath Ledger I think of the the bass in his voice that he can really stoop down to. It's a thunderous movie. It's very loud. It's heart stopping. It's very triumphant. You said it best. It's fucking fun. Capital F
0: fun. Um, Evan, before we get into the categories, because I think on these single movie, you know, episodes, unless there's like some historical, you know, value that we have to add, I really love like how we evaluate based on the categories. Is there anything that you want to do you want to touch on about this movie before we hop into the categories yeah. or do you just want to save kind of final
1: thoughts for overall? No, I, I did want to touch on a couple of things um, just because uh, so much was coming to mind when I was watching this movie again. One thing I wanted to mention, this movie's budget is $65 million, million and to me that's one of the – like you were talking about historical touch points that we we like to hit. That to me is a major touch point because – this movie would never cost $65 million nowadays. It would be shot in front of a green screen and probably cost like eight. Actually more realistically, it would not get made like this kind of like random adventure comedy. The one piece chip that I thought you could have thrown in as far as genre goes, is like a friendship movie. Like this movie is totally just about what it's Mm -hmm. like to hang out with the boys and girls, but like just hanging out. Yeah.
0: Um, Chip, Chip is also very interested in male friendships, yeah. as he said lots Absolutely. of times on the pod. And, this is, and and That's a great call. I didn't think about yeah. it through that lens. It's kind sports of a sports movie. movie as well.
1: Like, there are big Whoa. chunks of this movie spent just explaining scoring in a sport. And it's pretty fucking cool. Like, it, it's actually really interesting. I do
2: appreciate that it is, in fact, Count Adamar explaining yeah. to Jocelyn. It's, so we've got early mansplaining exactly. going on. It's basically like that meme at the it football is. game where the dude is just <laughs> like... Yeah, raised exactly, raised exactly
1: about a fucking sack of or something. it is it is um 100 percent. that's exactly the vibe that it has too of him just kind of like smirking while he's explaining this like kind of simple scoring rule um the one other thing i wanted to mention and i think why i really was able to connect with it as a kid and watch it continuously because it's a long movie it's two hours and 24 minutes like it, it's not short movie I think this movie is paced so well. There are like specific amounts of time that it spends on dialogue before they're like, we need to get you back in to a taking care of business, you know, led montage. Like, they're like, this movie is just like constantly moving you to the next like huge speech or jousting match. Like, they really mm-hmm. move you along in a way that like never gets bogged down in the like, well, we have to do the obligatory like love scene because even that scene is going to be interesting, but you always know it's going to be followed by, you know, two people roasting each other. Or like I don't there's just something about it that's just always kind of propelling you into the next scene, and definitely the music inspires that, but just the overall the way that like the, the screenplay is written is just very propulsive. I would like love.
2: to ask one question before we go into the categories. I want to know the favorite needle drops. Yes, I wanted to ask there that are as many. well. I believe there are, I think there's like 10 oh. specific, like classic rock songs that play. And I want to know which one is just really hits home for you guys.
0: So is it really, really basic of me to say we will rock? No, you? like in the beginning, fucking electric. I mean, I just love because because it's like the whole the, like that's what it's like. It's so this movie is is ma- like Major League. I mean, to me, like when it comes in with like
1: boo, boo yeah, boo boo,
0: and you have like the crowd, you're like, oh god, this yeah. is hilarious. But yeah, I I love that original one. I love because it just tosses yeah. you into the movie. You're just like, here we are. This is what we're
1: doing. And it's where it seamlessly is like we're gonna be goofy as hell, but you're also gonna care because the when they drop the trumpets and the song ends, it's like it, I remember that being like one of the best moments, like movie watching moments of my childhood. Is like when they drop the trumpets and you're like, holy shit! They're pretending like they're playing that. Um, that's a great choice. I did wanna, I yeah. did wanna nominate one other, and that would be Golden Years, uh, the David Bowie song that drops when they're at the ball and they're doing the dance. And the reason I want to pick that yeah. is because that's one of the things I love most about this movie. Is that basically what they're trying to say? In my opinion, with the music is not like this is what they were listening to. It was basically like. Take what they were doing in this time period and this is what it would be like if we did it like with our current sensibilities. So like in that scene they even start yeah. with like the old, like folksy sounding, you know, music, like that old English music, and then seamlessly fly into golden years, and it would basically be like if you were at this ball right now, this is this might have been what you were listening to, sort of.
0: Yeah. So they really play with that idea of like diegetic and non-diegetic music, right? Like music that mm. only the audience can hear, and music that right. is in the world. And they play with it in a way that's a lot different. Um, and I was actually I'm trying to think who has done this before because you think about even like movies like uh, the Great Gatsby with Leo, the Leo adaptation. Like they do this a lot, right? Where it's like the party scenes have Jay-Z yeah. or you know, Lana Del Rey and. There is this there is this sense where you're like, can they hear the music, but they don't do it in a like Westworld kind of way where they're taking, uh, you know, popular music and they're putting it, you know, right. playing it on instruments or, you know, Bridgerton. Bridgerton is probably the one that does it most popularly now, um, where every song is like a, you know, Taylor Swift cover, but it's played, you know, on like mm-hmm. pianos or, you know, string right. string quartet in the party. Um, and I love the way they they do that. And I think you're so right. They're basically saying like, "All right, we're gonna like intro you in, but then we're gonna give you something that feels familiar if you were gonna be in this setting at this moment at yeah. the,
2: uh, this period of time." I would love to know how much of the 65 million dollar budget went to the songs. I would love it's not yeah. like they it it Thir- has to half be so much. Yeah, of it. they don't just play a little bit of "We Will Rock You." They play every second. They do of that song. Yeah. And I think it actually comes back to bite them at the end because they play We Are The Champions, but it's a cover during the credits. Right. So like they couldn't get, like, two Queen songs. They had to pay for one Queen song and then pay for the knockoff. Right. <laughs> the, the, the Freddie Mercury estate is not cheap.
0: Um, no, that is... Actually, that's a great question. I, I bet we could find that. That's probably a trivia question, but I would guess half went to music. Half of the $65 million went to music.
2: That wouldn't surprise me.
0: Um all right, boys. Are we ready to get Let's in? Let's fucking do it, baby. The categories. Oh, wait, no. Chip, you never answered. What's your favorite needle drop? I said we
2: will rock you. So I'll be Evan. different and say the boys are back in town. That's a great I, one. I, I, yeah. That one, because it comes off of like a really emotional flashback, too. Mm-hmm. So, it, again, it's the high and the low. It's it's hitting you up and down, back and forth, across the face. Um, not, not too subtle, and I, I appreciate that.
0: All right. Heading into the categories, guys, as always, we are going to be evaluating the movie on favorite performance, favorite scene, our favorite shot, our favorite line, and then at the end, we're going to give it an overall grade, uh, and we're going to leave this movie uh, more knowledgeable than we found it. Uh, Heading into the first category, our favorite performance, Uh, Chip, I actually want you to kick this one off. I want to hear two
2: uh, noms from you. Paul fucking
1: bad <laughs> Yes.
2: Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so I just want to mainline everything this man is doing in this movie. Every choice, every inflection, every syllable and like sweeping hand gesture and leaping over the prince's throne. Like he is he basically in this movie he plays Jeffrey Chaucer the author but in reality he plays like a club promoter or like a rapper's hype man <laughs> in a rap battle. Right? Yeah, like he he's like like I think maybe one of my favorite moments is when they're leaving the sword fighting and he's like, "Do you want to touch him? Do you want to touch him?" (laughs) And people are just reaching out for 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 Sir William, and it's like he's he's very interested in both promoting Sir William and also promoting himself. It's like a look at him and also look at me, look at him but also look at me. He he gets the people going, right? It's like it's like uh, fucking blades of glory. He it gets the people going, right? Um, and he, he really just kind of loses himself in this character I would like to see I, w- I would like to see him play more like this as Vision in the MCU I think that would be a fun little twist I know he, he gets philosophical but he doesn't get fun Vision never has fun yeah. Paul Bettany is an insanely hilarious person so I do
0: love that about this performance because it does balance that Like there are tender moments with, with this character where he is a lot of times pulling on, you know, pulling on the emotions of the, of the, uh, the audience. But then he has to, like you said, the moments where he's just screaming,
2: do you want to touch him?
0: Like at the top of his lungs, which he's is amazing. clearly very right, educated. Great like choice. He, he
2: is the smartest technical person in the room. Um, but even sometimes he's still a step behind on things, I think. And I think that's a fun dynamic. Um, and then I'll kind of keep with the, uh, more campy performances. I'm a big Watt guy. Big fan of what Alan Tudyk is doing. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Fonging. Is Fonging supposed to be like in um Metaster Mr. Fox when they say cussing? Is it supposed he, to just kind of represent any manner of cuss word I, in, in any context?
1: I think yeah, so. Maybe. I mean it could just be like a, like a synonym for fuck, honestly. Like the I way mean, he who uses it. Who doesn't love a good fong? Yeah, absolutely.
2: And Watt knows that. Um but I mean I think especially with Watt because he, he's clearly very he, he carries a lot of anger and a lot of passion and excitement. He he's not necessarily a leader, but he's always one step behind who the leader is and he's always going to be following into battle. And I think especially like he gets really emotional when William is at the stocks, right, right before the prince comes to save him. And even after that, he's like mm-hmm. clearly really fucking torn up and just wearing he he's always wearing his emotions all over his face and I think the performance is um pretty i think it stands out from some of the other side characters so those those will be my two noms i'll give you guys some more of the uh, another obvious one there
0: um okay i'll go next i'm gonna go uh mark mark 80 uh our boy king robert baratheon himself uh he he's just is it a stretch to say he's great in everything he does he just kind of like he understands his assignment at all times um and he kind of plays a very similar guy a lot of the time, but I really, really just love like he, he is part of this comedic relief, right? He's—he's he's so one of the boys, like one of one of the you know characters that everybody has in their in their friend group, uh, and I really love like what he's doing. He's got so much raw power as like a person, just like in the way he speaks and like carries himself. Like when he raises his voice, it feels important. Um, and then my other nomination. Rufus Sewell, is that how you say it? Yeah, as as Count Adamar, I gotta say, is he, does anyone play a better shitbag than him? Like he's just maybe like, not
1: from this time period. He the, might be I, about the best from this like block of five or six years for sure.
0: Yeah, like I even think like his character mm-hmm. in The Holiday uh, is mm-hmm. such a shitbag, and like I just love everything that he's doing. He's got those those shitbag eyes. The I think I'm better than yeah. you. Eyeballs that just kind of exist on his face, and the jawline, um yeah, yeah, well, I mean yeah he's very he's a singularly mm-hmm. handsome man he's also he's the he's the same age as my dad, and you know, shout out to ed Sprague, but i I like just pulled up recent pictures of him, and i'm like he wow, he, he has age dude,
1: so he incredibly. has that like you don't see it as much anymore in modern Hollywood, but he has that look where it's like he could be 25 or 45 at any given moment. You know, that's such like a 1970s star type of thing. Carey, that's like very Carrie. Yeah. Thing, or, like. or like anyone yeah. who you'd see pop up in like a Hitchcock film like has that type of like are they like a young adult or is this person like about to be a grandfather? Lawrence <laughs> Olivier. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. All the people that Evan said couldn't act—the people who act like pirates—before 1970, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) pirates. Um, Yeah, but he—I 100% agree with that, Evan. Like, all it takes is like a hair color and maybe a little bit of like scruff to age him substantially. Yeah, Um, yeah. Speaking of stubble, just Google Google him, and there's like a couple pictures down. He's got like kind of a stubbly beard, and man, that. Yeah. Very handsome human being. Um, cool. Yeah, so those are my two picks. Um,
1: those are great picks. One thing I wanted to say about Paul Bettany, some like Al Pacino levels of like voice inflection in this movie. He goes high to low so quickly when he's giving like those hype speeches. He's like almost whispering at points and then it's just like screaming like a sentence later. It's really funny. Um, so you guys obviously teed it up. I'll take two. Uh, first, I'm going to... I'm going to nominate Heath Ledger. Just kind of have to. Like, this is such a classic, just, like, leading man role. He's doing it all. One thing that I love about this movie is he's willing to be the one who gets made fun of. Like, constantly throughout the movie, he's kind of getting clowned on. And, of course, there's always, like, the subtle undertones of him being the hero of the story and quite literally getting to pretend to be a knight, which, like, almost feels more heroic in this setting than actually being a knight. Um, But at the same time, he's constantly, like, Falling, getting like actually physically beaten up, getting like pretty much shit on by both Paul Bettany's character pretty constantly like um, intellectually as well as um, Jocelyn uh, Shannon Sossman's character who's my next nominee, um, kind of intellectually and like like socially um, as well as Rufus Sewell uh, as Count Adamar. Basically owning him the entire movie, uh, even while he's off screen, you know, until the final moment. So obviously Heath Ledger gets to be the hero, but I think he carries this movie in a way that like is the reason this movie got greenlit for sixty five million dollars, you know, with him in the lead. So wonderful performance there. Also just awesome chemistry with everyone he shows up on screen with. Um, and then like I said, yeah. is there a movie? Is there a movie that Heath
0: Ledger doesn't have incredible I think that's a great chemistry point. with whoever it, he's on?
1: And he's like, he's just so good at yeah. The and best he's very generous people, on screen. Oh, like, God. I think there's not many stars that like constantly allow themselves to look like dumb in a conversation with another actor. And it seems like he kind of does that. Like, where he's not afraid to not be the one, quote unquote, like in control of a conversation. And if you really watch like a bunch of movies with like people like Leo and Matt Damon, dudes like that. There are not many times when they're in the room and it doesn't seem like they're the coolest person in the room or like the one kind of driving a conversation. Even if they're not, you know, their character is not the smartest person, but he constantly kind of like undersells how cool he really is. If that makes sense, like he con- yeah, he lets I mean, people talk have about the spotlight. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Gyllenhaal is just pushing him back on his heels the entire time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, he almost has to like retreat into himself a- to like feel competent it's so ne- it's so
0: necessary too. like like I feel like he gi- he's like he never does it like it's not like just his thing where he's just like the mm-hmm. dumbest guy he can he can play all these different things but like you said I mean, he gives so much space to yeah. everybody on like that's in the scene it's really fucking impressive and like genuinely the more and more I go back and watch Heath Ledger movies the more I'm blown away by how good he was and how sad and depressed, I get every time I'm like mm-hmm. we don't get to see yeah. Heath movies anymore. Like I can only imagine, how like what kind of like incredibly intellectual and thoughtful performances he would be giving in his for, yeah. his 40s and 50s, absolutely. And 60s. Like
1: no, yeah. totally agree. Rest um, so really quick on Shannon Sossman who plays um, Jocelyn. I, I might be giving this movie too much credit because it did come out in 2001. And we do know what screenwriters were doing in 2001 with female characters, and she kind of fits that that bill as far as like being slotted in as as for the most part like the off screen love interest who every once in a while pops in to interact with our star, right? But the way she presents this character seems to have so much agency. In almost every conversation, she is seems to be in control of the outcome of what's going to happen, and ultimately she does choose William Thatcher, but we're on board with it because we see William Thatcher as a good person throughout the movie. So I don't think it's totally just like, you know, like the quote unquote, like dumb female character or something like falling over, you know, head over heels for this random, you know, douchebag guy. Like there's a buildup of that relationship. And I think her acting is a huge part of that. I also love like when she tells off the priest, you know, by basically saying like, if you didn't tell him to shut up, like don't be coming at me about shutting up. Like some of those things are, are really well done. Um, and part of it's the writing, and part of it is just her, a, as an actress, is just really like, um, um, I, like engaging. She just she's just like a fun person to watch. Mm-hmm. Just as
2: a point of order, I don't know if I'm fully on board with Jocelyn. I'll get okay. to
1: that later, but
2: I, that that's one of the things with this movie that did kind of rub me a different way. She's it
1: very she could is. have been. Yeah, no. I was just gonna say she is very she's very much underwritten. I will say it's not that she's underwritten. I have other problems. We'll okay. get to it. We'll get okay. To it. Well, I like like I said, I'm not gonna call her a perfect character or anything, but I do like her performance a lot, so I'll nominate her. Yeah. Um.
0: All right, we've got six really good nominations. We're gonna have to make a decision. Uh, my vote is for Paul Bettany. That's my vote as well. I mean, I mean, it's it it is just like he. Ugh, yeah. What a what a performance. Agreed. What a performance. He still he steals the show. He is our, he's our narrator. He's our, yeah, he's our man. Uh, love it. Moving on to our favorite scene. Um, I'll give two nominations first on this one. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge sucker for the opening, like the opening sequence of this movie. How it throws you right into We Will Rock You, uh, then the opening joust, <laughs> all the way up to the point when it, his helmet gets caved in and he's like, I can't, like take off my helmet to show you show you my face. Um I love that. I also love how uh disheveled they make yeah. Heath Ledger look. Like at the beginning of this movie it's so it's just like so absurd. Um but yeah, everything about that opening sequence. I love when movies throw you right into the action. They're not like they're not like we're not holding your hand to give you the backstory here. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll tell you as we go. Um and then I also love the original uh prince edward joust scene like when that's when you can see it uh, in william's eyes that he's like ambitious right he's like doesn't care he doesn't play by the rules of like hey, it's a prince i don't want to hurt i don't want to hurt him um you know he you know he rides up against him and then i love the whole thing when he opens his you know pr- prince edward opens his mask and is like you knew it was me and you still rode against me and it's like that respect I, I've, I've always really liked that um so those are my two uh Evan, what about you?
1: Those are great picks. Um, man, it's tough to go with anything but Chaucer scenes. Uh, so the first time that they meet Jeffrey Chaucer, uh, Paul Bettany's character, on the road, I really love that scene a lot when he's walking naked um, and basically has to explain like what writing is, like what a book is, what poetry is to these three guys on the road. Also, one of the reasons I love this scene so much and why I loved it as a kid so much is he basically pokes holes in the entire movie's plot, like before the movie even has a chance to get going. He's just like, So what are you going to tell him? Like, you know, it, like he presents it in a way like you have to present all these papers that show you can track your lineage. But like, if you think about this movie for two seconds, that's the first thing that you'd be asking. It's like, okay, it's one thing to call yourself a knight. Like, there's probably some sort of like written you know forms or something like that that you'd have if you're an actual like uh, um you know royal or whatever or whatever they call it like dignified person um really love that scene a lot I also love that he bites like a like a twig out of his foot like it's just an insane like athletic move <laughs> Yeah, he's standing on one leg like a <laughs> yeah. fucking flamingo and yeah. hikes up his entire toe into his mouth to spit yeah. something out. It's it's very impressive. Unreal. Um, and then, shoot, I already mentioned the Golden years scene, so I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with uh, the first intro that Paul Bettany gives um, Heath Ledger at the tournament after he saves him from the Gambler. So I'm going to kind of combine those two scenes. First, we have the scene with the Gamblers who take all the clothes – from uh, Paul Bettany's character, uh, he is saved, or like you know, uh, assumed to be saved by um, William Thatcher, and then immediately comes out and just gives the most rousing speech of all time before his jousting match, and it's just so incredible. We'll talk about it a little bit in quotes, but it's really where this movie, I think, recognizes that the like the incredible fun is like flattening the gap between. Um, like royalty and the common person, and this speech like completely exemplifies that, and it's just a ton of fun.
2: Yeah, because he's like to the lords and the ladies and everyone who doesn't isn't sitting on a cushion. Yeah,
1: today we're all the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think about that's kind of what we do on this podcast? You know, it's like we we combine you know me and Evan, us lowly podcast commoners with with Chip, um, you know who is is. like, pure podcast royalty. Hey,
1: listen, exactly like that.
0: I just,
2: I, just I, I, I come to you arms wide open. Yeah. Chip, when he comes back from being on Baseball Barbecue, you have been weighed, <laughs> you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. I will say, listen, obviously, we're rooting for Heath Ledger here, but uh, Count Audimer had some bars for him. Bars? We barred him up, like, Oh, the entire well, movie.
0: that's what I'm it's saying. The end.
1: Buried him like four yeah. separate times. Buried him. Shout out to Heath for just keep. Yeah, it's he kept almost coming back. And I kept coming it. back. Exactly.
0: Okay, I have so. Is it making me a bad person when I'm like? Sometimes he's so good at burying Thatcher that I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> like why I he's the like, perfect oh, villain. Sir, because, um, is that your name?
1: Exactly, because he's like actually <laughs> charismatic enough. That, of course, you know Heath Ledger is going to win, but you're kind of like, I mean, I could sort of see it. You know, you're kind of like, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, I get why he's in the running here.
0: Yeah, it's not like, and I, don't get me wrong, this isn't me like saying, because I, I love this performance all my heart. Um, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator, like, you know, no way he's, get, once he gets in the ring with, with, you know, with him, that he's going right, to win. Right, because there's nothing redeeming you know? like,
1: about him. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like, there's a there's just enough charisma in Audemars performance where you think, yeah. like,
1: maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe.
2: So, I would – it would be cool. It would be – maybe not this movie, but a Rufus Sewell anti-hero kind of movie would be a yes. lot of fun. Evan, yes. I know he he was
1: featured in M. Night Shyamalan's Old. He was. I don't know how good his performance was there. I, I mean – well, performances in a Shyamalan movie are always a little bit weird. So it's, like, hard to judge them purely off of just, like, did they do a good job? Because sometimes you're not exactly sure what they're supposed to do. Um, but he was a lot was of Was the fun. joke
0: – was he part of – like, was he – did he not age? Was, like, that the whole point of the movie? It's like everybody else on the beach. It's like he's just looked <laughs> exactly he, like this since 2000.
1: Age. Yeah, no, not exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, by they by used the way, like, his, like, face sure really well because he does have those, like – kind of scary like eyes and like eyebrows. They're like, a bit sunken. He's menacing. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, and, they're gault. And it's they're, used, like, very it's used in that movie very well. Also, it's a very physical performance, which I feel like he's good for him. He's just like a, you know, well, well built guy. He's just a good looking fella. So they, they definitely use him physically pretty well, but yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Chip?
2: Uh, I'll just go, I'll go quickly. Uh, I think the David Bowie dance scene is amazing. Yeah. Um, yep. Mixing the classical music with the David, Bowie, like the diegetic, non-diegetic, like you were talking about, Jed. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. It is fun because that is one scene where Adamar is kind of humiliated. Yep. Um, and like he, because he puts this plane in motion, he's like, "Oh, William, you should, or not William, but uh, Lichten, Lichtenstein, which we haven't yeah. talked about." Ulrich von Lichtenstein oh, yeah. <laughs> All time. He's like, You should you should tell us about a dance it. from Gelderland. Yeah. And he gets a little bit awkward at first, but then to Adam Archagrin, Jocelyn comes in like starts dancing with him and they're yeah. really vibing and he's like sulking off in the corner, having his little sad boy moment. Um and then of course it transitions from the beauty, the classical, to David Bowie, and it's just like knock it, it just knocks your socks off the hurt mm-hmm. like because you've already gotten a taste of some of the classic rock, but it, Bowie is just different. Like, it's Bowie, yeah. you know? right. Um, so that's a great scene. And then I'll do, so I have in my notes, pick a Chaucer scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going <laughs> to, so I'm going to choose a scene that I thought was going to be a Chaucer scene, which is uh, William in the stocks before uh, Prince Edward comes and saves him. Mm. So I thought this was the moment that we would get, like, the final Chaucer speech. You know, the one to end all speeches He's going to quell this crowd. Maybe they're going to like all band together to save him from the stocks. Like, he's a man of the people now. And he tries. He, he's like, people, good people, listen. And they just keep throwing their veggies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, like, all of his companions are just heartbroken. They're, they're literally throwing their bodies in front of William to defend him. And then just the boy with the hood up, the prince himself, shows up. And it's fucking sick. And like it's cool because they don't overutilize that character. So you don't see it coming. Right. Um, you think like oh once William meets him that's kind of his exit like oh you had to yeah. face to face with the future king. It's like character he's... building. Yes. They, yeah.
0: They actually really you uh, now that you mentioned it, they really use that character mm-hmm. well. Like they like throughout the whole the whole movie. And he's a very enjoyable character actually. Like those are those throwaway characters usually are shit. Just another just
2: another notch in the Knights Tales build. Um but yeah, then he he fucking knights him and it's it's emotional and it's powerful and the they the the prince looks great first of all. He's just got a very like classically handsome face and a mm-hmm. good smile, but a yeah. powerful like regal smile to yeah. go with it as he's like, "My personal historians have discovered this and they are not to be trifled with." And that is up, not up for debate. And it's like, "Yeah, you're fucking right, man." Yeah. Um so it's that's, that's a that's a really good scene.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, and
2: yeah, you gotta love it. So,
1: mock, be- mock, you know, yeah, situation. exactly. And before we move on, I just wanted to mention one thing about Chaucer. So, I read that the scene, the first, well, maybe it's not the first time. Maybe it's the second. But after uh, William Thatcher wins his first sword battle, um, or like sword fight or whatever it is, they Chaucer gives like a rousing speech. And no one does anything until Mark 80's character, Roland, goes like, yay! So I read that they shot this in, like, wherever. And the extras didn't speak English. So they didn't know what Paul Bettany was saying in that speech. So they didn't exactly know, like, when to cheer or anything like that. So there was actually, like, uh, an awkward pause the first time that he did the scene until um until Mark 80's character is kind of like yay and then they all go nuts and it was almost like a cue that they yeah. were just like we have to leave that in that's perfect.
0: Yeah, it was filmed in the Czech Republic okay, like all there all that we go. all that is yeah. Czech Republic con- countryside. um which is lovely. And then I think some of the I actually think like some of the city scenes are actually pieces of like old Prague.
1: I wouldn't doubt it. I mean it looks authentic as shit um, and I know that sounds like I don't know anything about Prague, or anywhere, really, but it looks like real places. Like, it doesn't look like sets.
0: I know Prague is the reason that people mispronounce my name, Mm. my last name. Jets' Prague. Because my last name is... No, seriously. That's why I don't need. I know Prague because of the Succession episode.
1: Yeah, right. There you go. True.
0: (laughs) I I know... frog because of gossip girl oh wow there it <laughs> is
1: that's true too <laughs> i, I forgot about so that much, Jed.
0: <laughs> by the way gossip girl fucking rips chip you would love it if you haven't watched it um yeah. anyway anyway uh moving on we need votes yeah. people for
1: uh our final thing evan hit me with a vote um i think i had to vote for that opening scene i think you didn't even mention it but like the way it starts off with them literally just coming across like their the dead knight like their own knight who's just dead and then they're just kicking the shit out of him (laughs) and like trying to wake him up like it's like that straight into we will rock you i feel like whenever i've told somebody to watch this movie when you get five minutes in you're like yeah i'm gonna see this one through like i feel like it's just such a great draw so i'm going with that one i'm great with that yeah okay i would have picked
0: Chaucer's first that would be my beat. second choice but I'm fine with. Yeah. but
2: I'm but fine with the opening because he
1: gets the, the music in there um, too. yeah because you're right we need you're, a needle drop in our favorite and theme. we can't
2: give Chaucer too much it would be very <laughs> easy to let Bettany just run away with some shit yeah here.
0: yeah yeah great pick by great. us great pick by us um, okay moving on to our favorite shot of the movie Chip kick us off with two noms
2: for uh, from you I love the very first shot <laughs> of Paul Bettany's ass (laughs) striding into frame just like nothing's amiss he's he's trudging as he says trudging to trudge trudge. and he's just like just just walking past them bear asked hello how are you doing he's patting the horse but you 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 just see it come in like literally the butt cheeks are the first thing to come into frame Mm -hmm. and the rest of it appears and it's really good um and then I also like uh I forget which tournament it is it's the, it's the one where he starts by intentionally losing and then intentionally wins. Um, yeah. they, uh, hi, uh, uh, William and Jocelyn are having that long talk in the chapel. Yes. And it's a really wide shot. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty long shot. I think there might be a couple of cuts in there, but it's a really wide shot. Yep. Um, and it just feels like, it feels very intentional. And it feels like, oh, there's a lot of distance here. There's a lot of, gro- like, literally distance. There's literal ground. And there's also distance in this relationship and ground to be made up and not a lot of, Clear communication going on. Yeah. Um, and it's also pretty funny because then, like, there's the priest that comes in and yells at her to shut up. She's like, Why are you telling me? Tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: like that shot a lot. That's a good one. All right. Um, okay. Evan. Um, Go. So I had yeah. that written down as one, too, but I have two others. One, I, I have a couple of kind of basic ones, but one, the, uh, there's a lot of great slow mo in this movie. And I don't think the slow-mo is overused mm. at all. I love it for the jousting. One of my favorite slow-mo shots is the fucking hero shot in the last jousting match when Heath Ledger has taken off all of his armor and he's riding on the horse and there's a slow-mo of him with his hair flowing just center screen. I just think it's like such a cool shot and is like such a great yeah recognition of like we have earned this like he's earned this like through this movie you're all in at that point um so i got that one and then another kind of basic one but again they've earned it when the whole crew leans over adamar at the very end and drops you know his banger line back on him again um the um uh you have been weighed you have been measured and you've been found wanting them all popping in and just that final shot with all five of their heads just leaning over him um, it's just really cool.
0: Yeah. Love it. Um, God, Evan, you stole literally I both know, of mine. Sure. Those <laughs> are the ones I had earmarked. Um, I'm going to go with, so, uh, early on after the first jousting victory, uh, when he, they're like kind of hatching this plane, they're walking on the road, you know, with the guy getting, you know, in the, cr- in the cage, getting eaten by the crow, yeah. the dead guy. When they, all start rest, when they all start wrestling on the ground, and it's like a wide shot of them wrestling on the ground with the, the, that cage and the skeleton in the background, I just, I love that shot. It's kind of like, it's almost like a, you know, a bad omen um, mm-hmm. f- for them. Um, and then I'm actually going to go with the, this is really aggressive of me, but I'm going to go with a different slow-mo shot from the exact same sequence that you were talking about, Evan, right before the one you are talking about. I love the slow-mo shot of the horse's feet and then his feet kicking uh, his spurs kicking into the horse right before he goes before we get mm. the close-up i don't know why i love i love that like it's like that those horses throughout the whole movie are so physical um, and imposing like there's a lot of muscle on these horses and the way that horse like kind of like moves his feet like i'm fucking ready like mm-hmm. i'm ready to go and then he just goes boom like because he was yeah. biding his time and it's almost like, wait for it, wait for it, go. Yeah. Um, so I loved, I did, I do love that uh, as well.
1: And it's all yeah. in slow-mo, which... Okay. It, it is cool. And it looks so realistic because the horse like almost has to take two steps that are almost in place to get itself going. You know, it's like so much like you have to generate so much force to move whatever, you know, 1,500 pounds of animal like yeah. flying forward. Um, I have no idea how much horses weigh. That sounds like a lot, but... Um, you one one shot that is pretty cool because we got to get Chaucer nominated for everything. I think believe the first time he gives a speech before a joust, he's on the outside. He's nominated. He's his. his well, ass oh, that's is true. That's
0: true. But, sure. but there's say one that. like his last <laughs> you speech. He's this.
1: standing up by the actual like like royals like in that bench. I believe the first time he's actually standing on the opposite side up on a railing, and there's a shot from like the front that looks at him, and basically behind him, it kind of opens up into like. There's, like, a river behind him and, and, like, a little mountain range and stuff. I just really liked a lot because it's, like, you can clearly tell they're actually, like, outside on location in, you know – t- well, the Czech Republic it mm-hmm. obviously turns out to be. But, like, it, it just looks like such a, like, a real-world setting is it, cool. But anyways, let's pick. Love it. Um. I want to be
0: basic in my pick. I love the, all the main characters popping in yeah. from the ground up That's over Adam When Yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's so unique to the movie, and it's really, yeah. really, really good. Um, yeah. we got to go chalk on yeah. this one. There's a, there's a pretty famous, famous uh, photo of
2: the cast members of The Sopranos doing the exact same thing, except there's like 12 of them, um, <laughs> and so that reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love that. Awesome.
2: Uh, okay, moving on to our favorite
0: line of the movie. I am going to go first, and I'm going to leave all Chaucer to you guys. Uh, I'll, make, I'll make my first one the one we've said already. You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. What a fucking kick in the nuts. Like, old English kick in the nuts. I really love that. Um, and then my second one is more of an interaction. Adam goes, how would you beat him up? He goes with a stick while he slept, but on a horse with a lance, that man is I like unbeatable. Too. I just love, I love that one where he's like, with a stick while he's sleeping. That's
2: how I would. That's how I'd beat. I him. have a suggestion. I view this as a quotes movie through and through. I suggest that we have our favorite Chaucer quote and then our favorite other quote.
0: I love it. That's a great suggestion. Okay. Perfect.
2: So you just gave two um, other quotes. I've got other quotes that I can nominate here as well, and now we can double back to Chaucer in a minute. Does that work? Sounds good. Yeah, that works. Yep. Live podcasting. Um, I love... Uh, so, there's a brief moment where this movie kind of becomes uncut gems uh, for just like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And a uh, big fan of that. A uh, big fan of that movie, if you guys want to know. And, um, but there's a, there's a moment where Mark Addy's character says... The Pope may be French, but Jesus is English. You're on. After <laughs> the Frenchmen have been battling them back and forth. And it's great. Great build there. And then this is a total throwaway scene. It's literally a 10-second scene outside of Paris or outside of one of their tournaments. And this weird roaming traveler is talking to two women. And he's telling the story of Peter betraying Jesus. And which he, he, the, Jesus tells Peter in the Bible, he's like, you will betray me before the rooster crows three times. But instead of like saying that, he says, Cock-a-doodle once, I shall not deny him. Cock-a-doodle twice, I shall not deny him. Cock-a-doodle thrice, I deny him. And it's it makes no sense. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. The characters in that scene are not involved with the plot whatsoever. We never see them again. And the fact that they're talking about Peter betraying Jesus to be crucified, and it's cock-a-doodle. It's the greatest thing ever. Once I realized what was happening, I think I just like buried my head in the couch in laughter because I was beside myself. So good.
1: That's a great one. Um, so am I supposed to give one Chaucer and one non? No, do okay. do the uh, others well, right. We're now.
0: just on. We're on non. Only yeah, we're on non right now, and then we can do Chaucer. Yeah, oh boy,
1: yeah. I I only have Chaucer's written down. Um, I mean. Lots of the other favorite lines of mine are kind of on an ironic edge because I feel like they they specifically have scenes where they're reading, um, like, basically poetry that one would write to a loved one. But to me, they're playing it so ironically that it comes across as funny, but if you just read it off a page, like, it sounds so cheesy. Um, um, I mean, I really like at the beginning, Watt says something like... Um, like, what do you mean he's dead and Roland says the spark of life is smothered in shit his spirit is gone but his stench remains does that answer your question that's just part of that great opening scene I really like that scene yeah. a lot um, I can't explain it she makes me feel like a poet I think is a really funny line from uh, Will um, especially considering the entire
0: And isn't the response you may f- you may feel like a poet but you yeah, like he Yeah, he you may feel like a poet I that's, believe he's I think like that's that you sound ris- like an idiot <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: those are great.
0: I also want to throw in, I think this is actually a, like one of the more like seriously good lines, like non like funny. Um, when Edward says, what a pair we make, huh? Both trying to hide who we are, both unable mm. to do so. Your men love you. If I knew nothing else about you, that would be enough.
1: That's a good one. That's a really good one.
0: Uh, Chip, I need a final non-Chaucer. Oh, my God. <laughs> perfect.
2: Um,
1: what was the lock quote again, Evan? Um, shoot, I got to find it. Oh, are you, are you saying, oh, uh, no, Roland, the spark of his, uh, the spark of his life is smothered in shit. His spirit is gone, but his scent remains. Does that answer your question?
2: That was the one I was thinking of, not Roland. That, I like that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's again, it's like phrased very elegantly. Yeah, but it's about like how you stink of shit after you die. Yeah,
1: and it's literally standing over yeah. the body of i I'm fine.
2: I'm. Yeah,
0: I'm good. I'm good with that because it's part of that awesome opening scene, which I don't think has. Oh no, we it did win for opening scene, but it's so good. We'll give. I'll I'll give like it that, another, I like that. I like that pick too. Victory. Awesome. Okay. Chaucer, Uh Chaucer quotes. Oh God,
1: Chip! You want to bounce back and forth a couple of times? What do you got?
0: Yeah, let's go. You, yeah. Go, well, how about we'll just go, we'll go one, 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 and we'll keep going until we run out.
2: <laughs> um, <don't> so <laughs> right before, right before that, Mark Addy laughed to get everyone in the crowd laughing. The final line he says in the Sword of Fighter Ring is,
1: "We walk in the garden of his turbulence." Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> um, I will eviscerate you in fiction. That. I love yeah. that line. So no, much. the whole line. Yeah. You gotta read the whole line. I, I know. Line. I, I didn't write it all down, but if you got it, I have it.
2: Cause this, this is also like the screenwriters are like, yeah, I can write. This is about me, what I'm gonna do to you as a writer. I will eviscerate you in fiction, every pimple, every character flaw. I was naked for a day. You will be naked for eternity.
1: Love that. It's just, I love just artists absolutely balling out thinking that what they do is the best thing of all time.
0: Um, yeah amazing okay I love this this is obviously near the end but I love because it's kind of the culmination of all of the introductions good people I missed my introduction but please I pray you hear it now for I would lay rest the grace in my tongue and speak plainly days like this are far too rare to cheapen with heavy-handed words and so I'm afraid without any ado whatsoever here he is one of your own Born a stone's throw from this very stadium, and here before you now, the son of John Thatcher, Sir William
1: Thatcher. That's a good one. Do
2: I need another one here? Uh, I've
1: got... If you got another one, toss it. I love uh, yeah. So too.
2: I have yeah. been. Uh, I am late to the party as I like to be, and I've been watching uh, a little show called Ted Lasso, and they have a little they have a little ditty for Roy Kent, and it's a very similar tune to a little ditty that they have for Ulrich, where he says he's blonde, he's pissed. He'll see you in the list. Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. <laughs> he's blonde. He's tanned. He's here. He's Every there. Every fucking wear. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. I
1: fucking love Roy Kent. Roy Kent.
2: I identify with him in a lot of ways. He's the new Nick Miller. <laughs>
1: um, I have to say, maybe my favorite, and we talked about the scene, but I love the my lords, my ladies, and everybody else not sitting on cushions today. Today you find yourselves equals. Ooh. That's a good, yeah. it's a good, good one for like. the people, the proletariat. Exactly. That, that's
2: the thing, is like, William is a man of the people. And it's that's a what this is really about. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and I would say my last one um, is a, just a, one of the tra- classic Chaucer digs is when he goes, All human activity lies within the artist's scope. And then he looks at Watt and he goes, Maybe not yours. <laughs> like, just such a bird. That is a good one. Such a good bird. Uh, but we do
2: need a Chaucer. Uh, vote. I would nominate, or I would vote for either the one that you just said, to what except maybe yours, and I would also nominate, I will eviscerate you in fiction. I think That's I'll eviscerate you in fiction. one I think I'd fiction. go with. Yeah. Because well, I, I love, I, I think eviscerate you in fiction, too, is,
0: like, such a nod to, like, how everlasting Chaucer actually was in, like, real life. And it was, yeah. it was almost, it was, it's almost true. like the character is aware of what his legacy will be. Yeah, um, true. And so, so he's like, you will Also, be he's coming
1: at it from, like, like, he did nothing to gain power back. Like, he literally, he literally got saved by another person. Like, he did nothing to, like, earn the standing that he had in that moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. All right, guys. Uh, that was it. Uh, running down real quick, our picks, our favorite performance, Paul Bettany, our favorite scene, uh, the opening scene, all the way through the opening joust. Uh, our favorite shot. Uh, all the main characters, kind of from the ground up, um, and our what was our our favorite non-Chaucer line?
2: What did we choose? It was oh, it was the uh, the one about stinking to shit. Yes. What was it, Evan?
1: Yes, I I lost it, but I said it twice.
2: And you have to say it three times. Is that Just enough for you? Peter
1: denied Jesus three times. <laughs> Once. Um the spark Talk of his life is ones. smothered in shit. His spirit is gone, but his stench remains. Does that answer your question?
0: <laughs> and then chip our favorite Chaucer line.
2: <laughs> I I want to read the whole line, so let me pull it back up. I will eviscerate you in fiction. Every pimple, every character flaw. I was naked for a day. You will be naked for eternity.
0: Great Incredible. picks by us as always. Uh, let's get into overall grade. Evan, since considering this is the movie you chose,
1: hit me with an overall grade. Yeah. Um, so, obviously these are our own personal grades. And, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going clean A, and I'm doing it because I enjoy this movie so much. Like yeah. This is purely me enjoying this movie. Um, I think the performances are really good. I Like I said... The thing that I'm most impressed about now that maybe I didn't realize when I was younger is how well it's paced out. It's a long movie. They get they get through a lot. Like we mentioned, they go through like four or five different genres throughout this movie, but they do it all so seamlessly. And the way they move through it, it never feels um, like monotonous at all. It never feels like, oh, well, they have to get that part in. Oh, this is part of like the story arc that they have to get in here. Like you guys mentioned, one of the only things that feels like it's a little bit just like naked – um, like character building for without any other purpose is the um uh, the the king part or what 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 is he prince, prince. yeah prince. I, he's a prince um is a prince showing up um them jousting kind of their little exchange afterwards but that coming back to pay off like everything just has a payoff at the end of this movie um all these characters are thought out enough that the actors are able to like breathe life into them none of them like are fitting an absolute like um a or b box and i don't know i just i have a great time with this movie obviously the soundtrack is incredible like that's probably what pushes this movie over the edge from just being like a really fun period comedy um and i i just really appreciate how well it's thought out and again I don't know how many more movies we'll ever see like this, uh, which makes me really enjoy it that much more. Um, yeah, I like this. I like this
0: movie a lot. Um, I can't quite give it an A. I gave it a solid B. This is a very enjoyable movie. This is a movie I will I return to. I have returned to quite a lot. Um, I love the performances. I love kind of, like you said, the genre bending aspect. My biggest gripe is. I think it's too long man this movie this kind of movie has tight 90 written all over it not lord of the rings two towers like length of movie like it's very long and i think at times it can drag a little bit i think overall it's paced very well i love the way it throws you into it i know you completely disagree evan but i just feel like it's a little bit long and that's what takes it down from that like Up or upper echelon uh, for me, but I I really enjoyed this movie. When you said that we were going to do this, I was fired up because, like I said, I thought we were in for the lobster, and I wasn't mentally prepared for that week. So uh, I'm so I'm so happy we got to
2: do this. I'll go a little higher than you did. I'll go I'll go a B plus. I really did come away thinking of it almost primarily as a sports movie, as a like a classic underdog tale. for both an individual sport like boxing, but even a sport like baseball to some extent, where there really is kind of one person um, leading the charge, um, it's also a sport movie in that you can kind of easily call bullshit on it. Like, in no way are you the greatest chowster of all time after training in the <laughs> backwoods with Watt. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think that Watt is like the greatest boxing coach of all time. You know, I don't think <laughs> you know Watt's no Ned Yost, if I can. Uh, <laughs> I can pat myself on the back there a little bit. Um, I I think I think the flashbacks don't really work. I don't understand. There's a literal flash before the flashbacks too, which bothers me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you're in the you're in the producer. The producers are all together. The director is like, you know, they take a hit. And like, what if the flashbacks have a flash? And it's like, okay, that reminds um, that
0: reminds me of like when you're doing a PowerPoint in high school and you're just like. God, this slide just needs something. Oh, let's have it twist. Let's have it twist out of frame. <laughs> like just because you can, like that's what we'll, we'll do it.
2: Just unlocked like so many memories of weird Microsoft PowerPoint transitions in the slide. And every and face, every and slide had wipes. a
0: different transition because you couldn't just yeah. like stay on theme. It was like, foo, And then slides across and then yeah. fades out slowly.
2: <laughs> what a what a weird time in the internet that was. Oh, yeah. Um And then, so, my other issue is with Jocelyn, but it's not so much that she's underutilized. I think she's, like, a fucking sadist. Whoa. Um, And, like, is like, hey, you need to go, like, sacrifice your body and break all of your limbs and, like, puncture your lungs to prove your love for me. And I'm like, no. Actually, no. We we don't have to do that. Like, to me, like, she literally is getting, like, she doesn't smile bigger in the movie. Maybe at the end but she barely ever smiles bigger in the movie than when she's watching William just get beat to shit. And now I'm like, okay, are you getting off on this? Like, what's your deal here? Do you have a pain? Do you have a weird pain dominant thing? I don't no. know if I agree. And then you're going to flip the script and be like, okay, now that your body is torn to pieces and you're worn down mentally and physically, now you actually have to go out and compete. And I'm just like, you're play- it feels like you're playing my boy here. It feels like you're playing games. Yeah. I think this is actually a movie that could have benefited from a little bit of like a dumb movie trope in that the actual underutilized character is Kate. Yeah. Who we have not talked about once in this mm-hmm. movie or in this podcast so far. And I think she's really good. Laura Fraser, I think is very good as Kate. I think a love triangle situation would have worked really well. I think that she had good chemistry. I was I was expecting it. And in a way it's like okay, it's nice that my expectations were subverted. It didn't actually happen the way I thought. But I thought that Ledger had really good chemistry with her. I feel like it maybe makes a little more sense for his character to want to be with a woman like her, and as opposed to a, someone who came from wealth and was very, it just feels to me like was using him more and was less yeah like him and, and under maybe understood his struggles more yeah that that that's I, just kind of my thing I, with that.
0: I totally agree. I think there there is that like there could have so easily been that love triangle thing where he's pining over. Uh, he's pining over, you know, the royalty, and she's like, "I've loved you. I've always, you know, I've always loved you." You know, type of situation, and it's like it would have taken, you know, not a mo- ton of time. And and uh, yeah, I agree. It could have been, could have been good.
2: Um, I'm not asking you like she's not asking him to suffer internal bleeding for her. That's just that's my thing. Um, but like I said, I gave I, this is a really fucking good movie. I'm totally in on like all the needle drops. I'm totally in on all the performances. Um it's gonna be one of those that I'm just gonna rewatch a lot. I can already tell. Or just like have on in the background all the time.
1: Chip, had you never um, seen this movie? I forgot that. no oh, my gosh, we forgot to start awesome. with that. Yeah. That's we, awesome. I think Hell I yeah.
2: mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last week, but I should have yeah. should have led with it. Yeah, never seen it before. So I've seen it yes. twice now. Um and just yeah, came away just like so happy both times.
0: First time I saw this is when my English teacher in high school was hungover and was like, Yeah, Chaucer's a character. <laughs> and we watched it. Over the course of two days, it was it was awesome. Um, that was Night's Tale. Um, this is such a good movie, Evan. Thank you very much for being uh, extremely kind uh, to us and to the listeners. Frankly, uh, with your pick, uh, congratulations to the Giants uh, on the trade deadline and the first half. Uh, and as a diehard Oakland Athletics fan, I can't tell you how hard I'm rooting for it to all fall
2: apart. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. but As and, someone who still wakes up in cold sweats thinking about, <laughs> about two, 2014. Yeah. God bless it. Yes. Um,
1: I appreciate you guys going along with this one. It was fun. No, yeah, this is a great No, pick. this was great.
2: I, I will go along with you on this any day, my friend.
0: Next week, we're back with the official rankings, the flicking and screaming rankings, but this time we are doing Indiana Jones – Indy. Uh, this is one we've had in the, in the can for a while I'm excited because I have so many thoughts and they're all written down which is dangerous for me uh, so I'm really excited to do this uh, if you guys haven't already please follow us on Twitter at Flick and Scream on Instagram at Flicking and Screaming join the conversation stay up to date on the latest Flicking and Screaming news uh, and please let us know did you love A night's Tale? did you hate it? Or your favorite Chaucer quotes. Were your favorite non-Chaucer quotes? Um, we have so much fun interacting with you guys on social media. So please do it next. Uh, next time, Indiana Jones. Any final parting thoughts, JT Chapman and Fagundes?
2: I hope you guys uh, measure up. I hope you guys. I hope you guys are counted well.
1: Hey, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking <and> screaming, <laughs> John String. I forgot his name, a good, good night, everybody. Good night. See ya.